Hi, welcome to Bunch of Mom Sense, a podcast where two moms talk all things kids, work, life, and, and everything, everything in between. Hey, everybody, welcome to Bunch of Mom Sense. This is Jessica. And this is Heather. We're excited to have a guest with us tonight, um, Brooke. She is a Faster Way coach, event management professional, and host of a podcast, RSVP Radio with Brooke. So hi, Brooke. Welcome to the show. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I am so excited to talk to you. I started listening to you. I found you through your podcast, and I really enjoyed it and uh, connected after I listened to a few episodes and was excited that you would be willing to come on and talk to us. And I was also really passionate about learning more about Faster Way uh, to Fat Loss. Mm-hmm. So we were excited to that you agreed to come on and talk to us. So thanks. Yeah, of course. It's so funny. I find it, you know, coming into the podcast world, how closely knitted it really is and how everyone wants to help everyone. Uh, so I think it's so fun to, to kind of go on other podcasts and, and not be the host sometimes. So um, it's really it's really <laughs> exciting for you guys to have me on. To sit on the other side of it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I was a guest. I've only been asked to be a guest on another podcast. And I have to tell you, Brooke, I was super, I was more nervous to be the guest than to be the host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you're mean, not as in control like, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not holding the reins here. <laughs> I know. And um, so it, I'm, I'm a planner kind of like you. We'll get into that in a minute. And so I, I really want to know what I'm going to maybe ask so I can be prepared to answer the questions. And so whenever I was asked a question that I didn't think I was going to be asked, I was like, oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like studying for a test. I know, right? But but no, I really do enjoy your podcast. You've had some really um, incredible guests, very and in a way similar to ours in that I feel like you have women that are just experts in the field that they're in, passionate about whatever it is they do for a living or as a side hustle, and uh, just have really enjoyed listening to those. And they're just they're that perfect time, you know, around that thirty to forty minute. It, it gets my attention, and it's not too long. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, and I always say that people, you know, I started listening to the podcast about a year and a half ago. I didn't even know what they were at first. And, and then I got hooked on, you know, your your staples like Rachel Hollis and, and a couple others. But um, I, I was listening to them while I was in the car. And then, you know, now on the current state of life, we're not in the car as much. Um, so I'm finding that, especially with a new schedule, that I'm having to listen to it while I'm doing dishes or when I'm, you know, just trying to, like, work in between when the little one naps. So um, I think they're just a really creative outlet. So I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Okay, so Brooke, I want to hear all about what you do with event planning. And I'm excited to hear about this because it's kind of something I have to do in my job. We have to plan events for referral sources and things like that. Um, so what is it exactly you do with event planning? Yeah, so I am a certified meeting professional and in the event and hospitality world, that's kind of like the distinction that most um, meeting professionals go for. And it just means that I studied really hard for a really long test that tries to make people fail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and then I was literally sitting there thinking, oh, I failed, I failed, I failed. And then it popped up and said, you passed. I thought, all right, well, we're good. Um, so anyway, that is, you, you have to have so many hours to, to do that sort of thing. But essentially to kind of lead you through where I, where I came from, from an event management perspective, I started out actually, uh, my degrees in Spanish of all things and international relations. And then I went and got my master's in sport administration and then found myself back in events. I actually, um, 
thought I was going to be an event planner really early on in life. I just had the skill set for the organizational piece and the time management piece. And I thought, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm going against the grain. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something else. And I, of course, ended right back up there. Um, <laughs> funny how the world works. Of course. Um, but I, yeah, right? Uh, so I um, graduated from the University of Louisville with my master's in sport administration and then got a job with the PGA Championship uh, in, in uh, the Valhalla Golf Course um, in 2014. So that was really where I got my start was in sports. So from there, I did I worked at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I was in their marketing department as an intern. I was on a production company's um, team and did a lot of events both at the Motor Speedway here locally, and then also got involved on the corporate side of events, so planning uh, big meetings and conferences for people like National Football Foundation, Home Depot, um, United Technologies, handling mostly their AV and production uh, logistical needs. And then from there, I um, actually went into pharmaceutical event planning. And let me tell you what, if anybody can plan a pharmaceutical event, you can do anything in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was so taxing about like, that? It was so, it's so uh, regimented and it's so federally um, managed because there's so many literal walls that you can't break when you are planning meetings for uh, healthcare professionals and um, different positions along with the drug companies. So there's, there, it all kind of stemmed from the Sunshine Act when that when that came to be. It used to be a whole wine and dine industry, and then they really reeled that in, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you're, you're, you're familiar with. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> um, so when you're planning those events, you can only spend, you know, every company has a different amount that they can spend at breakfast, and that's with tax or without tax. And it, it's very, very granular, and there are so many rules that, Sometimes the employees themselves don't even know. So you have to be the advocate as the meeting professional to know what is allowed and what's not. Um, so you got to be at the top of your game 24-7. Um, I traveled a lot for that job and um, did a lot of banquet-type uh, meetings. So corporate meetings for advisory boards, national sales meetings, ranging from five attendees to my largest event in Vegas with 3,000 attendees right before I left that company. Wow. Um, and yeah, so that's when I kind of, I had baby girl, and I um, didn't want to be traveling, and I, um, you know, things change once those kiddos come around, oh, and yes. um, decided to kind of branch off on my own, and so I'm actually, I work mainly um, through local here in Indianapolis, some non-for-profits as their, um, I kind of work on their team as a, as a contractor with events, and one of my biggest events here in India, of course, has been postponed due to the world that we live in right now and uh, but postponed is always better than canceled um and my husband is in the industry as well as a hotelier uh the conrad indianapolis um so we we kind of live the same life but we joke all the time that he's the sales guy who promises everything and i'm the events person that says no you can't fit 500 people in the small room like you said (laughs) um so there's always a love-hate relationship between those two roles, but it's fun that we get to share that together. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I ended up from an event perspective, and it just kind of blossoms into this being really um, passionate about the whole organizational piece of businesses and um, entrepreneurship and, and time management and, and helping women define that for themselves as well. So Brooke, I know you and your husband, and I know since he's in the hospitality business as well, you just mentioned, y'all just did a podcast where you shared how COVID-19 has really impacted the hospitality business. You want to just touch on uh, kind of what y'all shared on that podcast with our listeners that may not uh, know how much of an impact that has had on that business? 
Yeah, and I think I think it's twofold because clearly there. Are, I, I always preface this by saying here lately, you know, there are clearly bigger things happening. There are lives at stake, and there there are people who are very sick. And I don't want to underscore that because that's the main problem, right? But then, but then the ripple effect that has happened to all these other businesses as a as a result of that has has kind of where it's been for the hospitality industry because clearly, you know, the March Madness tournament gets canceled. The Olympics gets postponed. The all these things. I mean, it's probably birthday parties that people have have had to cancel. There's retirement. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things right. um, that people can't do. Those are all events, and that's one thing we touched on. You know, in our in the podcast that we recorded is, and especially from his side of things, from hotels, people are not filling rooms. They were running at like a seventy percent occupancy rate. You know, as an average, which you know, for those that don't know, that's how how many heads are in beds essentially, and. Um, they're at, he told me today they were at point four. Um, so it it is just drastically gone down and that affects not only all the other service industries that are around that, the restaurants, the bars, the, the, the car services, all of those, but it also affects the people. So there's so many people within a service industry, within a hotel, within a convention center, within, you know, a restaurant. Think of all the people that work there from the the, the banquet servers to the people, the housekeepers to the um, the janitor that's cleaning the convention center floor. I mean, all of those people are affected and don't have jobs now. Um, we're fortunate that he has been able to keep his in some capacity as of right now. Um, but it's just been a really, really, and we got hit early. Like it was an early hit for the hospitality industry because people immediately were like, nope, cancel this business because it was, no mm-hmm. events over 500 and then it was no events over 200 and then no events over 50. So as soon as those numbers started happening, it was like, boom, lights out for a lot of places. Um, so I, I just want, I just, I guess we just want to keep it front of mind that they're hurting pretty, pretty badly. We're very resilient and obviously service based industry in general anyway. So, you know, we're going to come back stronger. Um, but it's been a really hard reality to kind of come to grips with, especially for those, you know, he leads a team of you know, a handful of people and, you know, they, they all are furloughed and, and that's so difficult to, to deal with from a leader's perspective, but then so many people are dealing with the same thing. So, um, yeah, we just thought it was important to shed light on that and what's going on. No, we think it's important too. And we yeah. appreciate you sharing y'all's perspective and mm-hmm. what y'all been, you know, what you've seen from y'all's side of that. So basically if everybody would just stay the hell home, we will get through <laughs> yeah. this a lot faster and we can all go back to work and get along with our lives. And travel and have- And you know what? But that's what we're hoping is that people are going to be so dang stir crazy yes. that they're going to be like, all right, let's pull out all the stuff, get the hotel room, get the champagne, get the car. Like, yeah. like we're going to do all the things, you know. Um, so I, we're hoping and praying that that's, that's where things go once, once we get the green light. No, absolutely. I got to tell you, my birthday's coming up in April and I'm going to, we're going to be partying somewhere in a hotel room and my kids are going to be <laughs> far away, <laughs> my parents or something, because y'all did mention that in your podcast. And I thought to myself, you know what, you're right. I think people will come back full force. I know that we have some neighbors yeah. that we kind of saw out from a social distancing standpoint and mm-hmm. across the street, we're talking and you know how much travel or airfare has gone down so low and how much travel they've booked for the end of the year to, to do for vacations because of, you know, the flights are so cheap. And so hopefully that'll bring business back into the hospitality business for us to get back out and yeah. travel. So good. For sure. For well, sure. 
jumping back to event planning, um, what do you what do you enjoy most about the time that you do spend, um, you know, planning the events and working with the different vendors? Um, what, what's the highlight for you in the process? I think I've always said that it's kind of seeing all the pieces come together because let me tell you, it's, it's not an easy job. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, there's just so many different things to kind of put together. Um, but I think it's a very fulfilling job because then you see it all come together and you are able to take something off of someone else's plate because I have a skill set that I think would be able to help you. Let me help you make whatever you're trying to, to make come into fruition. Um, so I think that's the most rewarding piece that I enjoy. And then obviously I'm an organizational freak. So I, I love, um, I love being able to like map things out and for me to see them and then see them really come to life. I'm like, yeah, that all came together. And then there've been times where I found that, but, um, for the most part, that's what I really enjoy. So, so if somebody were going to come to you and, um, ask you to plan an event, uh, what do you think the, the three or five most important things somebody would need to consider when planning their event or planning their budget. (laughs) Yeah. All that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, that's one of the things is is a a realistic budget. People, it just depends on on who it is and what the event is, but sometimes people will come at it at a very, um, you know, realistic budget for what they want done. And sometimes they haven't really thought through the other things that are going to, that are going to accumulate costs at the end of the day. So definitely have some sort of a number in mind. I think the biggest thing, though, is have an idea of what you want out of the event. Like, not just to have an event to have an event, but what is what's the ROI? What's the what's the purpose of getting all these people together or getting this handful of people together to have the event? What is the impact going to be? Um, whether it's from a nonprofit standpoint, or it's just a small family gathering, or if it's a corporate event of sales professionals, what have you? Um, I think keeping those things top of mind sometimes falls through the wayside for some people and they're like, Oh, we just got to have an event. Um, so I think keeping that front of mind is super important. And then I think too, is just having a, um, giving yourself plenty of time. Um, because I think some people come to the table and think, Oh, we'll just throw it together. It'll be really easy. And then again, kind of the same thing as the budget. You think, Oh, I forgot about this, 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 and this, and I need to have this vendor and that vendor. And and I think giving themselves an appropriate amount of time and being realistic on negotiating through if the time needs to be extended um, in order to plan the event successfully to reach, you know, the ROI or the, the main point that they're trying to get to. Very good. Well, I'm sure behind the scenes, there's always something, some kind of snafu that happens maybe the, the day or night of the event. Is there anything um, that you want to share that might be funny or just in general? I mean, is there is there any drama like <laughs> did like a groom leave the wife or like, I don't know <laughs> anything. Oh man. I have so many. It's insane. You're right. Like you see so much, you see so much. Um, it's like you kind of become numb to it. Um, <laughs> one of, uh, I, I got to meet when I worked for the production company, we did a lot of concerts at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And so uh, a fun and highlighting thing is the, the celebrities that you get to meet sometimes. It's just fun, especially if it's someone that you admire. And then when I did events for the National Football Foundation, clearly I'm a sports junkie as well. And, you know, I got to meet Archie Manning and I got to meet um, Troy Aikman. And I you know, just, and some people you just kind of rub elbows with and you don't even know who they are. And you're like, oh, crap, I'm in all black. My head, my hair is on a bun on top of my head. And I got a headset on. Like, I just got to keep walking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those are fun, fun things. But, um 
I think one of my most delirious moments was when I did an event at the Waldorf Astoria in New York, which ironically enough, my husband used to work at for five years. Um, and so it was a fun thing that we got to share together, not at the same time. Um, but anyway, I essentially, the program had a ton of changes and there was spread throughout the entire hotel. And I literally was up all night, which isn't uncommon. Um, but I was up all night trying to help the AV staff like rearrange and move TVs from one room to another. It seemed like it dragged on forever, but it was like the most delirious I'd ever been. (laughs) And I just was like, get me out at the end of it. Um, so you just do what you got to do to make the client happy. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, gosh, I could just give you a million, million different things, but that's one that pops into my head is just like a, Oh man, I'm really here moment. <laughs> well, I'm sure the things you have seen and heard and, and done in a pinch, <laughs> we you could write yeah. a book. <laughs> Probably so. I literally told an intern once, I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I told, I told an intern once, do this, be back in 20 minutes. I don't care what laws you break. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And she did it. She did it. She came back. Hey, that's a good intern. There you go. <laughs> um, well, let's switch gears to time management. I know you have a weekly newsletter, and in that newsletter, you share really great tips and tricks that you you live by day to day that work for you. And I also think that they work and can work for others if they're implemented correctly. And I know you're a busy mom, and you you know have different hats that you wear during the day. So, time management. Talk about the five principles you talk about around time management with our listeners. Yeah, and I think it's important to preface, you know, especially in the current climate that we're in, that my day-to-day and normal, like most everyone else, looks way different now than it does, <laughs> um, than it did, you know, three weeks ago. Right. We started, self- we started quarantining here at home for her and I um, on the 14th, so we're going on 19 days strong. Um, wow. Yeah, but she, she I, I, yes, I wear many hats. I, I work from home, so... Um, you know, three days a week I'm, I'm working and she's a a sitter and then two days a week she's here with me. Um, so I was able to really use some of the principles that I outlined in my time management guide, the time is money guide, um, to really set myself up for success because I knew I only had those three days and I needed to utilize them to their full extent, um, and get the same amount done that I would need to get done in a regular work week. So that's really kind of where this, this came from. Um, but of course now I'm really just working at night and at nap time. Uh, or when I say, okay, just take the iPad. Um, if there. I need to get something done. So, yeah. No, been there sure. for a while now. <laughs> oh, man alive. I mean, you do what you got to do. Um, right. I hope people hear that and take it seriously. You do what you got to do right now. Survival of the fittest. Absolutely. Um, but, yes, yeah, so essentially one of, the, one of the main principles that I talk about in the guide is this idea of time blocking. And it's kind of a new thing that I feel like people, at least the wording, people are hearing a little bit more often. But I kind of go through um, like an example of how I time block my day. And I am really trying to get myself to do that even now in this kind of uh, abnormal slash normal life. Um, And and so that I can map out exactly what needs to be done. Um, So, for example, take a 30-minute time of of your day and put on a Google calendar. Um, you know, I'm going to work on my newsletter from eight to eight 30 and then from eight 30 to eight 45, I'm going to check in on clients and then eight 45 to nine 45. I'm going to work on my QuickBooks 
reconciliation. Um, and then I color code those things within that, within that calendar. And, um, one of the other things that I talk about in the, in the guide is finding out what works for you. Um, so whether that be a pen and paper, which that's kind of me, I live and breathe the Erin Condren planners. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. Yes, we, I have one. Uh, Yes. uh, (laughs) Oh, I got them in college and I've been hooked. It's like my yearly Christmas present to myself. Um, and it's got stickers and all the things. Um, but anyway, I, I find what works for you. If it's just writing things down, if it's digitally, how you combine those two things. So we kind of talk through those, those tasks. Um, and then we also, I also talk about developing some sort of routine for me. It's in the morning. I, if you guys have seen anything that I do, or if I'm like responding to a message at 5am or 4am your time, um, it's because I'm up at the butt crack down. Um, I, I, my little one used to get up super early. She sleeps great, but she would get up very early and we never knew why. And it's just here recently that she's sleeping until seven thirty, eight o'clock. Amen. Um, and so I would have to get up extra early. So it just kind of evolved into this practice of me getting up at 5 a.m., 4.30 if I need to get my workout in prior. Um, and I do all of my work in the morning as far as like devotionals, read any books that I want to read. It's my me time and it sets me up for the day. If I find that I do not do that, then the whole rest of the day just seems off. So we talk through a couple things um, and give you some um, ideas and, and prompts to figure out what's important to you to get done while you have some alone time. Um, and if that's in the morning, afternoon, evening, what, and find what works best for you. Um, I also talk a little bit about getting out of your, your uh, environment that you're in. If you are a work from home professional or if you're a mom or, or what have you, just trying to find some more time in your day. Of course, right now we can't really get out of our environment, but even if that means you switch rooms or you go to the porch if it's nice out and, and get work done there. Or if it's just, you don't need to work, if it's just something else to get you out of the space that you're in, because that kind of resets your mind so that you can manage the time that you have effectively. Um, yeah. So those are some of the main principles that we talk about. Um, and, and um, I just find it really important for, for women, especially, especially in this time right now that we, it's like we have more time because we're home, but then we feel like we don't have time because we're dealing with kids e-learning or we're chasing, you know, toddlers around or we're trying to figure out what it looks like for your, you know, spouse and yourself to work in the same room. Um, it's all so different, but I also think that's why it's so important to have right now so that you can start, if you can set it up now as a baseline, then it's going to be like cakewalk once we get back to regular life. Right. Absolutely. And I liked also how you talked about in your time as money about outsourcing the things that maybe yeah. you're not as good at or, you, you know, the return on investments better if you just pay someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hard thing for me to learn, especially when I started staying at home, because obviously finances were a little different. We're going to one income household. And it was really hard for me to like, pay for someone to come and clean my house still but it it just it took so much of off of me to have someone just to do that every other week Mm -hmm. um so I think you just have to outsource the things that sometimes you just don't maybe have the time to do but it's gonna be like it's gonna make me so happy to have someone come (laughs) clean my house every other week yes yes Yes. no I I I think I learned that honestly first from I said her name already but Rachel Hollis like I think she said it in one of the very first podcasts I listened to but it really resonated with me because, I mean, I, like you, I'm a doer. Like, I, I joke that I'm Olivia Pope with popcorn and wine. I mean, <laughs> I, I fix things. 
Um, I, I just, it's who I am. I'm an oldest kid. My siblings are six and nine years younger than me. Um, I just am mother goose. And so I'm fig- figuring things out all the time. So I think the idea of outsourcing was very hard for me as well, because, um, you don't want to admit that you either a don't want to do something B don't have time to do something or C that you just might not be good at what it is that needs to be done. And someone else is better. Um, those are all hard realities, right? Even though they shouldn't be, it's just how society has built us up to be. Um, so yeah, finding those ways that, like you said, it may not be an actual like work related task, be it your taxes or, uh, creating videos or designing your social media or what or you know, doing your website. Those are all options, but if you're, it could just be someone cleaning your house or deciding, you know, little ones, my little one started going to daycare one day a week when I realized that I wasn't meant to be a fully stay-at-home mom. I needed something else. Um, and after one day a week, then she started going two days a week. She did that all last year. And then at the start of this year, I said, no, I'm kind of ramping up. I kind of need one more day. And I had to make the decision, okay, three days a week it is just knowing where you need help and being really self-reflective of that. Um, we kind of walk through that in the guide as well. I just need to stay off TikTok. <laughs> I would manage my time a lot better if I didn't get sucked into TikTok. <laughs> I haven't, made it. I haven't, I have not indulged yet. Don't do I it. Know. Don't do it. <laughs> I, especially now that I know there's like dances and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to be all over that. I'm That's my weakness. Like, Ma- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, me, I'm trying to decide which one Heather, me and Heather are going to break out to. It's going to happen. <laughs> it will happen. Um, oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, so you're also a faster way coach. How were you first yep. introduced to the faster way? Oh gosh. I was actually, you probably know who she is, but, uh, Beth Chapo, the Instagram, uh, influencer, um, and blogger, um, her, her handle is Tear Sucker and Saddle. She's here in Indianapolis. Um, but she, I saw her post, uh, probably when I was still pregnant and it, it was her holding up her shirt with her abs. And I thought, whatever this chick is doing, it is, it, it is, it. um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's something that's like super Kim Kardashian and I can't afford it. Um, <laughs> or way too hard and I don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, that she barely eats. I'm sure. Um, and then I kind of let it go. And then three months postpartum, I saw a friend of mine post the same acronym. And I thought, okay, well, if, if she's doing it, like clearly it's legitimate. Like, you know, it's probably worth looking into. And it was so radically different than anything I'd ever tried. I have been, um, I battled with my weight since like sixth grade. Um, I remember going on my first diet in sixth grade. So I had a breakdown in the JCPenney, um, actually it was LS Airs. Um, dressing room, trying on swimsuits for my mom. And I went on a diet in sixth grade and took those budded meat packets. They're 100 calories. I took one of those for lunch every day, three snack well cookies and a 10 calorie jello. Um, and of course it worked. And I, but I was the only kid that was that old on a diet. And um, it just has been that way my whole life. It's been a roller coaster of up and down, weight on, weight off, weight on, weight off. I mean, I just could never, I did all the things. I ran all the time. I, I, you know, it's the same old story for a lot of people. Right. Um, and I just never could get it right. Never could get it right. And of course, baby weight, I'm, I'm five foot three. So baby weight looks like a lot of weight on me. Um, and I, I lost it pretty much by itself. You know, that kind of happened. But, mm-hmm. um, but then I couldn't, I was back to where I was already still pretty overweight. And so I saw her post and I thought my husband's the most supportive person on the planet. And 
um, I said, I think I might give this a try. Are you good with this? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So I started my first round Labor Day weekend of 2018. And, um, I was like hooked after the first week and a half. I, in my first round, which was six weeks total at the time, I lost a total of 14 and a quarter inches. And I think just shy of about 20 pounds, like on top of the 22, I had already lost from baby weight. Wow. And then I did a second round. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty intense. And, you know, I mean, I never was hungry. I had never eaten so much in my life. I was just absolutely enthralled with it. And then, um, I did a second round, pretty much had the, close to the same results, not as many inches, but I lost a significant amount there too. And then I've been living the lifestyle ever since. And the, the opportunity to become a coach showed up that November. And I was like, yep, sign me up. And then I ran my first round that December going into 2019. So I'm, I'm coming up on two year coaching anniversary in September. Um, but it has been, I honestly, I don't think I would have started the RSVP radio with Brooke podcast. I don't think. I would be as into church as I am now. I don't think I would have um, any of the time management things that I do now. I don't think my event life would be as flourishing if it were not for the faster way. It, wow. it changed. Yeah, I truly 100% believe that. Um, I just find no coincidence the fact of when it all happened and um, the fact that I'm able to, to take women through the same journey that I went on and have the light bulb go off for them to say, oh, I don't have to spend hours in the gym trying to run this off. Oh, I, oh, I don't have to eat next to nothing. I don't have to eat less than 1200 calories to lose weight. Like just the light bulb going off for all my clients has just been so rewarding. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it. So are you able to stick to the faster way, all the eating habits through this, um, COVID thing? Cause I feel like I'm eating everything in house. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are, well, are not going to be happy at swimsuit season. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, it's actually been, it's been like a little bit of both. I, you know, because I've lived a lifestyle for a little bit, I'm not as, of course, stringent on myself on when it, on certain things. I keep my fasting window because we practice intermittent fasting. Um, I do that pretty, pretty religiously, although I won't lie to you. We forgot my dog's birthday yesterday and we're, we're terrible dog parents. So I took her to get a pup cup um, because it was a drive through and um, I got a peanut butter shake, which I just finished. <laughs> um, no judgment here. Yeah, no judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's about balance too. But I think the beautiful thing about what the faster way has taught me is that in years past, prior to this, I would eat this and then feel like the most horrible person on the planet. I would feel so guilty and so shameful, and then I'd starve myself tomorrow, and then by tomorrow night, I'd be gorging myself on everything in the house. So. I don't have that mindset now. I'm going to finish this shake and then I'm going to not eat until noon tomorrow and feel fine and pick right back up where I left off because I've established a habit um, and, a, and I've established uh, my, my body composition has changed and my body's able to handle that balance a heck of a lot better than it did before. Right. No, I agree. I, I think that's great. Jessica and I have done a round of Faster Way back in, what was it, July of last mm -hmm, year. And mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing her and I both walked away. I mean, obviously, it's an amazing community of women and men that are very yeah. supportive, awesome coaches. A lot of education goes into, mm -hmm. I think, becoming a coach, it sounds like, from what we know of it. And so, because um, they're just the coaches are such a great resource for all kinds of questions and, and things that may, you may have health-wise or just questions that you may have about intermediate intermediate fa fasting, <laughs> fasting can't talk um but um 
but it's just such a great um, program where it's really about if you if you mess up, it's okay. Tomorrow's a new day, and I think that that's yes. why we really enjoyed it. It's so. progress over perfection. Yes, yeah. that's right. Amen. Yeah, I, it sounds so basic when you say it. Like I'm sure people will hear that and be like, "Okay, yeah, duh." But then once you actually start doing it, and then you you see or you you see yourself not giving yourself grief, and you are actually living it, and you don't even know it. You then you, when, when someone says it, you're like, "Oh yeah, dang." I am doing that. <laughs> but man, I, tell, I I never ate so much food in my life. There was some days like, I'm like, I, wait, I still have to eat more? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it's hard. And then, you know, we love carbs and some, so many people come back, come from like a ketogenic lifestyle. And, you know, we do practice carb cycling. So, when, you know, two days a week are, are low carb and the rest are, are, you bring the carbs back. But, you know, a lot of my clients in the beginning, they'll be like, how do you do that? Like mm-hmm. you have to be really, really tactical on like giving them really good examples of what a whole food is for carbs. Um, mm-hmm. so that was that. a big learning curve. Yeah. Big learning curve for me. Yeah, no, I think it was for us too. So just share with our listeners that aren't familiar with faster way. You want to just share a little bit about the pillars of what it's, what, what encompasses the program? Yeah, for sure. So we are a digital, um, digital online uh, nutrition and fitness program. So we have an app, we have a portal, um, and everything that we do can be done pretty much virtually. I mean, everything is, um, especially right now, it's super important. Um, but essentially the way that we, we focus on things is nutrition first, and then um, it's really nutrition, mindset, and then exercise and working out. All three work together, but we don't, unlike most programs, put all the emphasis on working out. I have so many clients that don't even work out like ever. I mean, I had a VIP client that I don't think to this day has done a full week of workouts and she's lost probably the same amount as as me. Um, And um, it's really about establishing those good nutritional habits and then pairing that. It just kind of comes with a a better mindset and an outlook on food, how we kind of just talked about. Um, But we focus on nutritionally, as we spoke about intermittent fasting, we, we operate on a 16-8 protocol, meaning we go for 16 hours in a fasted state, and most people are like, whoa, hold the thumb. Um, that really just means you're sleeping most of the time, and then you just skip the morning portion. So I found that really liberating, especially with a 20, now almost 22-month-old uh, in the beginning, because I didn't have to worry about myself in the morning. I was just like, okay, I struggled with breastfeeding. I, you know, you're trying to learn how to do all the things as a new mom, and I was like, this is one other thing I don't got to worry about. Um, and I just ate it lunch and it made life a lot easier. Um, so then you eat for eight hours. Um, so that's kind of the intermittent fasting piece. And then we also focus on, um, whole food nutrition with tracking our macronutrients or our macros. Uh, we don't focus on calories. We don't count calories. We use calories as a a threshold to know that you're eating enough because like we said, we eat a lot. Um, but we track how much we eat in carbs, proteins, and fat, which is something we teach you. And then, um, that's probably the biggest learning curve for me because it's just so different than anything you've ever done before. You guys can probably relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. But the, the, yeah, the, the resources behind it were just really, really helpful. Um, then the last thing that I mentioned that we do also is carb cycling. So we take the best of both worlds. You don't have to let go of carbs completely, but then there are some times um, where you're eating a lot of carbs at the same time. So um, we practice two days of, of low carb and then pretty much the rest of the week we bring those carbs back in. We pair that strategically with, with the right workout. So I love the fact that we only do cardio two days a week. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan. 
Um, and then we do strength training for the other three days, and we also prioritize rest because your body needs time to because you're actually tearing down muscle when you're when you're doing strength training. So your body needs time to get rid of those bad cells, helps your immune system um, by by resting those two days, and also helps build that lean muscle tissue back up. So those are kind of the cruxes of, of what we focus on as a as a community. Very good. What made you decide to become a coach for Fasterway? Oh, you know, I think I, I think I, um, I honestly can't say much other than the fact that I just felt like never in a million years would I ever be doing anything like this. Um, and when the, when the opportunity came, I just felt like every time I tried to dismiss it and thought, no, I can't, I can't do that. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have no fitness background. Who am I? Um, I felt like I just kept having this little tickle, like just little poke, um, on the heartstrings and was saying, just do it, just, just do it. There are lives to be changed. Um, and I think I wanted the opportunity coming from a small farming community in Indiana, you know, we're meat and potatoes types of types of people. I mean, there, there's just not a lot of, um, information and, um, coaching really on any of these important topics that are not only going to help people lose weight and feel better, but also, you know, hopefully put years back on their lives because it's giving them really um, tactical, um, important steps to take their health as, as, a, as a top priority. Um, so I just really saw a need for that. Um, especially, you know, Indiana ranks one of the, like, lowest in health. Um, I don't even know the right wording. Uh, states um, in, in the country, um, despite, you know, everything that's going on right now. And I just felt like, if I can make a difference here, I've always wanted to have a purpose. Like, I think this is my purpose, you know? Um, I, I never found it before, but it wasn't until the faster way and everything else that I talked about already that it kind of gave me, I felt like I had that purpose a little bit more to, to give to other women. I love that. That's awesome. So talk about, since you're talking about purpose, talk about the joy or, you know, the excitement you get when you see some of your clients achieve some of the success that they're wanting to achieve or whatever they want to get out of the program. Does that bring you a lot of joy? Is that another kind of your why of why you enjoy it so much? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's seeing the people that, you know, when you start out, it's a lot of your friends, your family, extended friends, acquaintances, because everyone's kind of talking about it and talking to other people and that's kind of, it was fun. I mean, not that it's fun, not now, but it was really fun in the beginning to see all those people you never thought in a million years would hop on board um, or that you ever thought was important to them, but they trusted you. They trusted me by knowing me to take them along on the journey. Um, so I always talk about this, but my very best friend from all of life, she was actually one of my guests on the podcast, Emily Kangany. Um, she, um, I met this girl, drank so much Coke. Uh, she had so much like, she was the pop queen. She ate so much junk food. She was the tiniest thing her entire life. And then uh, I was just so jealous of her growing up. And um, <laughs> then she, I was like, dang it, you can eat whatever you want. Um, but then, you know, of course, we all become moms and things change, like you said. And um, mm-hmm. she, she joined my very first round. And I was just so proud of her for doing that. And again, I never in a million years thought she wanted to do it. And she has been the biggest lifer like she she has seen such a transformation not just physically but like she has more energy and she's just so on fire for not only the faster way and how she feels about her health and her wellness now but she's been able to 
to share that with other people. And I think just seeing that ripple effect, you know, we started our conversation talking about the hospitality industry right now and its ripple effect um, with everything that's going on. But I think in the faster way, the ripple effect that is, is what brings me so much joy is to see people like that and then them share it with everybody that they know and change lives that are past what I could have done, but they bring them back in so that I can help them. Um, just seeing that happen has just been really, really, really cool. That's awesome. I love it. So to switch gears a little bit, you mentioned uh, your podcast. How did, what made you want to start a podcast and share what your podcast is? Yeah. So my podcast is RACP Radio with Brooke. um, And it kind of stems from my event side. So, um, you know, I just, the the acronym itself, we want to keep things real. We talk about sustainability in terms of health and wellness. Um, I'm always trying to provide value. I'm I'm hopeful that uh, everyone can find value in it. Um, and, um, we talk about, I say parties because when everyone hears an event planner, they think, oh, that's cute. She plans parties. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, uh, sometimes, um, <laughs> but anyway, we just thought it'd be, you know, something cool to go off of, but I just, I never done it. And I thought, you know what? I'm pretty good at just kind of jumping off and doing things I've never done these days. Let's give it a go. And, um, I just really felt like there was, a uh, uh, a need again here locally and, and kind of beyond that um, for people to hear other women and talk about things that people don't typically talk about and lift each other up. And so many people are looking for community and people are looking for ways to, to grow themselves both personally and professionally and, and providing those resources for them by bringing in, you know, awesome people for them to talk, talk, um, to hear them talk about things that maybe outside my wheelhouse a little bit. Um, but maybe also faster way related or might be um, event related. I kind of try and dabble on a couple different things so that people have a couple different avenues to listen in on. Um, talked about a couple non-for-profit initiatives. Um, yeah, I've got a couple event ones coming up here, here recent or here in the next few weeks. Um, and then just being present in the times, like the last episode I did with my husband talking about what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, I think just, being there as a resource for people to listen to. It's just been really fun. And I've loved getting to know people like we talked about earlier um, and and meeting you guys. And um, it's just like a cute little community and the podcast world. So um, yeah, that's kind of where it all stemmed from. Yes, it is definitely a community and it's a supportive community, which we are so Mm -hmm. glad that we found our Mm -hmm. niche and our community as well. And, you know, and I, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you you do have a great variety of guests um, and talk about an array of topics that are all relatable in some way, I think, in all of our lives. Um, Is there anything that's come out of the podcast that you didn't expect when you started the podcast? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um. Well, I mean, I think just, you know, us talking right now is a great example. I mean, I never in a million years thought I'd, I'd be a guest on a podcast. <laughs> um, I, I never thought that that would happen. Um, so that's been really fun um, to have that opportunity afforded to me a couple of times. But um, I think, too, it's like I, I mentioned I interviewed, you know, my, my friend Emily and I, I interviewed also, um, I got one coming up with um, a woman that I work with who is just really well known here locally in the event world. Um, and I interviewed another um, woman in our community that does um, uh, pink out events that, that happens in our community in, in January. And I think talking to these people that I, I quote unquote know really well, but, but being able to talk to them and then see other sides of them come out that, that are things that I may not have known about them or just seeing them in a different light 
that has been really cool um, just to see that kind of blossom and grow. Um, and then just see the following grow too has just been really neat. And shoot, I taught myself how to edit a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are, I mean, how many times do you, a day do you check? How many listens you got? Heather, you need to answer oh, that yeah, question yeah. too. <laughs> well, well, and then I was like, okay, how do I quantitate a listener? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Brooke, yeah, why don't you, um, Tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can sign up for your newsletter, um, or maybe even how they could sign up for your next round of Faster Way. Yeah, so my website is kind of a one-stop shop there. You can sign up for the next round of the Faster Way there um, on the website, but it's just um, brookinlocket.com. Um, and then it also has a link to the podcast as well. Um, the podcast, again, is RSVP Radio with Brooke, and it's available on iTunes and Spotify. I believe I also have one pocket cast listener, according to the. <laughs> um, I don't think it's on anything else. Um, and then, as far as social media goes, I'm I'm obviously on Facebook, just Brooke Lockett. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Brooke M Lockett twelve. Um, but yeah, my website is pretty much the one stop shop for um, getting to the podcast and then um, getting any, any information on. Um, the newsletter as well. You can sign up for the, uh, the newsletter. I also have a grocery guide. It's kind of um, irrelevant right now just with the groceries being pretty, you know, bare bones in most places. Um, but once we get back to a good spot that I've been telling a lot of clients to, to go ahead and download that because it's got some of my favorites on there as well. So a lot of, a lot of resources on the website. Awesome. And we will tag you your Instagram handle when the episode comes out. So check our Instagram page if you just need to Mm -hmm. get to her Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I know you can get to your website from there. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Brooke, so much for joining us. We've enjoyed the conversation with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening. And please be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode of Bunch of Mom Sense with our friend, Rebecca Stewart. Thank you so much for listening. For more episodes, please be sure to subscribe Bunch of Mom Sense on your favorite podcast app. Visit our website, www.bunchofmomsense.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Bunch of Mom Sense. Thanks again. Till next time.